This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Suckers don't last a minute. Soft and smooth, he ain't with it. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it is going to get so much less weak. We got a super fun show ahead of us. We're going to talk about Black Panther. We're going to talk about a comic book show that I went to known as the uh, East Bay Comic Con over in Concord. That was a hoot and a half, man. It's going to be going to be great. There's going to be all sorts of other fun stuff. But until then, let's uh, hit it. Doesn't mean I go to Mexico. But you know what, though? I can really go for a Mexican taco right now. You don't have to go to Mexico for one, Cassidy. Lots of places have Mexican tacos. But you know what, though? I can really go for a Mexican taco right now. Lots of places have Mexican tacos. Just like there's lots of jazz in Mexico. Mexican jazz. Exactly. Yo, ISR man, you're getting them nervous. They're gonna break down. That is definitely true. The quality of the show, the Toys R Us support, got uh, got people nervous. And you know what else? I could really go for a Mexican taco right about now, like uh, like a Taco Bell taco. Nah, like maybe a taco truck taco. They got like a bunch of super great taco trucks over in this neighborhood here in Santa Rosa called Rosalind. There's one that's over by this store. Uh, we know it is Dave's store. It's run by this guy named Dave, but uh, other people call it Fatty's Threads. We we hit that one up over there, but you know what? The way that they process the onions over there, they have like an onion vat. You know, the onions like sit in the vat. They they give me a stomach ache. Onions have really been, they've really been doing it to me lately, which is, I don't know, man. That's probably like a sign that I'm on death's door, a sign that I'm on my last legs. But what are you going to do, dude? You can't avoid a good onion every now and again, especially if you're having some, uh, some delicious Mexican tacos. This is, this is kind of a, kind of a fun little story to get started with. So, you know, I'm, uh, sitting around the house, I'm just, like, doing whatever, and 2.0 comes up to me, and she's like, hey, do we have any of those stores around here where, like, you can borrow a movie for money, you know, where, like, you can go and you can, you can get a movie and borrow it, but you have to, like, pay for it, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, like, not, not like the library, I'm like, what? And I go, do you mean like, like, like a video store? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a video store. And I'm like, you know that I have like a website, icyrobots.com, where like I collect and post pictures of video stores and video store stickers. And like, 
I have a show where I talk about video stores and things like that, and that, like, you're fronting as if you don't even know what they're called. And she's like, look, I don't even pay attention to you. I, I just, you know, I live my life. And I said, fair enough. And I told her, we do. We have two video stores in Santa Rosa. We got good old Joe Video over by, uh, over by Food Max, and we got Video Droid over by the, over by the junior college. I'm like, well, what do you want to get? What, what's up? And she's like, well... I wanted to, um, I wanted to introduce my gal pal to the Maze Runner movies. We recently saw, we saw the third and final Maze Runner. It was alright. If you like Maze Runner, if you like the Maze Runner movie, this was a perfectly fine Maze Runner type movie. If you, if you've never seen it, I can't say, you know, go in and get it. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's the Maze Runner. What, what, what do you want? So, she wanted to introduce her pal to Maze Runner, and, uh, I was like, hey, that's a great idea. So we all, you know, we got into the icy robots mobile, the uh, Dodge Ram, and we headed out to, we headed out to Video Droid. I haven't been to Video Droid in a while. We are more of a Joe Video family. We used to go to the Joe Video in Bennett Valley, but that one closed, and we sadly haven't really gone as much to the other Joe Video because it's it's fairly far from where we are. I know, like I sound like a hypocrite because I'm always telling you guys to go out to video stores, and I. I don't even go myself that much, but, um, it's far, man. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. So we went to the video droid and I was, I was really surprised to see that I had an account. The times that we've gone in there, we like picked up some previously viewed DVDs and stuff just, you know, to be supportive. I, I hadn't rented anything there in a while and I was happy to see that I still had my account and we were, we were able to find the two Maze Runner movies that she wanted. They have a they have a section right up near the counter that's called In Demand. These are the movies that people are like looking for, like they're looking hard for. And with the with Maze Runner being in the theater right now, they had the two other ones in the In Demand section, but they were both in stock. So we rented them and her and her pal went and they got some Jiffy Pop from the uh from the store and they're going to they're going to have like a DVD night over at her house. And I'm like that is so great. That is so, that is so wholesome and great. And I, I hope they enjoy it. I hope they have a good time. And I hope that this becomes something that, that she is into and does in the future. She used to go to the video store a lot. We had one, we had one over by the Safeway on Calistoga Road. This one was called Bay's Rinkin Video. And sadly, sadly Bay's Rinkin Video closed a long time ago. But she used to have a friend that would stay over every Friday. And every Friday... We would go over to Bay's Rinkin and either rent a movie or rent some video games. They had, like, a really nice selection of video games. They had, like, old school stuff, too. They had NES, they had GameCube, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, all sorts of stuff. And she would rent, like, you know, Super Smash Bros. or whatever for the GameCube. And they would play that. And that was, that was great, man. But that was many moons ago. It was so many moons ago that she forgot that they were called video stores. She thought they were called the place where you... The place where you borrow games or videos for for money. I was surprised that she seemed unfamiliar with the term rent. I don't know about that. I guess I guess we don't really rent all that much stuff nowadays. We tend to buy like everyone else, but the idea of renting isn't, you know, it's not like not like some weird foreign idea that she's not familiar with. But still, man, we had a good time. Video Droid is a super well-stocked store. They have so many great things. If you follow, if you follow me on the Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash IC Robots or on Instagram, which is just, you know, IC Robots, I-S-E-E Robots. I took some pics when we were over at the 
over at the video droid, and you can see, man, they got, like, a great cult section. They have, like, a cult horror section, a cult sci-fi section, just, like, just a truly terrific store, and I am glad to see it. it's still here. If I had to, if I had to wager, and I would never do this because it's mean, it's cold-blooded, I think that out of Joe video and the... The video droid. I see the video droid hanging by, hanging by longer. They have a great location. They're directly across from the Santa Rosa Junior College where a lot of like, a lot of people live, you know, it's a nice community college, but people come from far and wide to go there and they're like dorms and they're like apartments and stuff. And they seem like they serve that apartment kind of junior college vibe. They're directly next door to a uh, Little Caesars pizza. And I can see being like a young junior college youth and going to get myself like a hot and ready, hot and ready Little Caesars and a video and going home and just, you know, doing whatever, enjoying my time. As a matter of fact, we did get a hot and ready Little Caesars. We got a cheese. It was five bucks, dude. You cannot beat that five bucks for a whole entire pizza. Sure. It's bland. It's bland as can be. But I don't know, man. I I kind of like bland food. I really like McDonald's hamburgers, those little flat ones that cost like 89 cents. I just, sometimes you're in the mood for like a bland piece of food. And when you are, Little Caesars really fits that bill. And Crazy Bread, Crazy Bread is crazy good. We got a pizza and some Crazy Bread. She rented her movies. It was, it was like a night right out of the 80s or 90s. It was really great. And I... I hope it's something that we can do again. It was just nice to get out of the house. Look, you need to get out of the house more. Getting out of the house is good for you. It's fun. It's cool. It's convenient to watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. But look, it's good to get out. It's good to see things. It's good to experience life. You lose a lot of happiness with the convenience that you get living in our digital world. It's it's important to go. It's important to hunt. We all have like hunter-gatherer instincts that need to be fulfilled and... They can be fulfilled by going out and getting a video and a pizza. So consider that. If you got a video store near you, go out, go get a video, go get a pizza, go home and watch it. It's it's good for you, man. It's good for the soul. And uh, while we're on the topic of movies and stuff, let's go right into At The Movies, where I'm going to talk about the movie that we saw this week, the big superhero Marvel flick known as Black Panther. In a moment... The movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Must feel good. Sit here comfortable. What do you want? Your secrets. Your weapons. I'ma burn it all! This ends today. Black Panther. You need a hero. Ready PG-13. All right, here we go. I have been, I have been waiting for this forever. I I play an online game called the Hollywood Stock Exchange. It's at hsx.com. It's pretty much a buying and selling of stocks games, but instead of businesses, you buy stocks in movies or movie stars or 
or things of that nature. And I have been, I have been in this game for a long time. I enjoy it. I don't play every day or everything. Every once in a while, I'll check in. Sometimes I'm more active than others. And I... I have this philosophy that's worked well for me. I I buy movie stocks of pre-existing IPOs if they put out a... I said IPO. I meant to say IP. Intellectual property. Not an initial purchase order. But, um... If there is if there is a stock about something that already exists, for example, a toy or a game or whatever, I will I will buy it if the price is right because I, I feel like I feel like these things always get made. And then many, many moons ago, I bought stock in the Black Panther movie. This was this was after Wesley Snipes was connected to it way back in the day, the day of Blade and such, and I have, I have just been sitting on this stock forever, and then, then one day, the movie was announced, and it kept, it kept going up, and up, and up, and up, and what turned into, what started as, rather, a, like a hundred thousand dollar movie money investment turned out to be just uh just north of 40 million dollars in return so black panther has a near and dear place in my heart i i have been watching the progress of this movie for years and it's weird to see that the movie is is actually in existence and man i was excited to see it i you know i always like a new marvel movie i always go opening weekends and this one was getting a lot a lot of positive buzz and i was into it man the fact that it was in africa made it completely different uh, as far as an idea than the movies that marvel has put out already and that right there you know, that got me excited because there are so many variations on stories in Marvel Comics. So they can do they can do so many different things, but they tend to do the the same things over and over again. But this was it was, you know, in a lot of ways the same thing you've seen before, but it's it's locale and its characters and all that stuff made it feel different than the other Marvel movies. And I was I was stoked, man. So I, I see a lot of movies, and my movie strategies are usually pretty good, and I'm like, this one's going to be big. We got to get there early. So we showed up a good a good 35 minutes early, and the wife and the kid were going to grab the snacks, and I was going to grab the seats. I'm the, I'm the better seat guarder. So I was, I was sent in, and when I walked in, the entire upper section was full. There was like... One seat here, one seat there, but nothing, even two seats together. And I was like, dang, it's um one of those stadium, those stadium seating deals. So you got the, the part that goes up and then you have the part that's flat on the floor right in front of the screen. There were still seats in the front section, but there was only a smattering. And this was a good 35 minutes ahead of time. So I decided... I got to see what we should do because we don't ever sit in the front section. I I don't like being super close. I like to sit in the back. I want to sit like as far back as I can. I don't like being up close. I don't like straining my neck. We, um, in the entire existence of 2.0, she has told me that she has never once sat with us down in the early section, the beginning section rather, but some of her friends have. So she has sat there before, but it's not anything she's ever done with us in all of the 
all of the span of her life. So I had to book out and see if they were willing to sit in the front. And the wife is super easygoing. So she's like, yeah, do it. So we had to sit in the front portion. That's how, that's how popular this movie was. It is, in my eyes, unprecedented. I have gone to see Star Wars movies. I've seen every Marvel movie opening weekend. And this is the first time that I have gone 35 minutes early. That's a long time, dude. You're going to be sitting there on your phone looking at Facebook for a good 30 minutes, which is, that's a while, but that's what you got to do on these, on these big movie openings. So I was there. We got, we got rooked. I had to sit down at the front, but it was, it was worth it. I enjoyed this movie immensely. Okay. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to, I don't go in for like the full spoilers. I may spoil like a little something here and there, but if I do, it is completely unintentional. I'm going to try and I'm going to, I'm going to be as, as respectful as I can while still giving, giving a review. You know how I do, dude. You know how I do. So the movie was directed by Ryan Coogler, who, uh, he directed Creed. I thought Creed was great. I really, I really liked that movie and Michael B. Jordan was in, was in that one too. So the movie grabbed me. It grabbed me right from the start. It, it begins in 1992 Oakland. And when the, when the film comes in, there is too short in the back. It's, it was great, man. I loved it. They, they start off in the Oakland projects and the story takes you all the way to Wakanda. And it's just so much fun, man. I can't, I can't explain that enough. This was, this was one of the upper tier Marvel movies. You know what? You know what you come to expect in a Marvel movie? There's going to be like some action, some origin, some jokes. All those things are here and they are in just the upper level. It's up, it's up in the Spider-Man Homecoming and the Winter Soldier, Iron Man 1 realm. Not like not like down in the Iron Man 3, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Thor 1, Thor 2, Thor 2 range. The movie stars Chadwick Boseman, who I believe he played Jackie Robinson in another movie that I saw part of on HBO, but I didn't I didn't get all the way through. I think Harrison Ford was in it as well. It it's, you know, I know the Jackie Robinson story. I am you heard my baseball episode, dude. I know all about that baseball stuff. <laughs> but uh if you don't, you know, if you don't, there might be a good way to expose you. I It looked good from what I saw. It looked like it was pretty good. Chadwick Boseman is a good actor, man. I was surprised. I was surprised to see that a homie is 41. He looks, uh, he looks so much younger. Good, good for him. He is the Black Panther, King T'Challa of Wakanda. Wakanda is like the most advanced place on the planet because they have... They have a vibranium, this amazing, um, this amazing mineral vibranium is there. It can seemingly do anything, and there's a giant deposit of it on Wakanda, and Wakanda's used it to become, like, the most advanced nation in the history of nations, but they keep it on the deal. They don't let people know. They front like, they front like they're farmers, and they front like they have, well, they don't front, they do. They have a isolationist kind of policy. They don't, they don't want to give any aid, they don't want to get any aid, just just step off, and people do, but, like, on the download tip, when you go to Wakanda, it's, like, the most amazing place there is, like, so much dope technology. They have, they have these wrist communicators that use, it looks like they use particles of vibranium to make, like, three-dimensional images of the person you're talking to. It was, 
that was just the tip of the iceberg, and I don't want to—I don't, don't want to spoil any of the fun things that you're going to see in the movie. The movie starts off with T'Challa just becoming the king after after his father T'Chaka has has faded away, and you know he's facing the trials and tribulations that any sort of a king faces when he's sent on. He's sent on a mission. He sends himself on a mission. It's interesting that dude does superhero missions while while being the king. In my opinion, I think being the king is probably like a lot of paperwork and stuff. But maybe he has, you know, more of an efficient system. And he has other people who are more adept, adept at that kind of stuff doing it. But he's off on a, he's off on a superhero mission. And this leads to conflict. And then there, of course, is a supervillain in the movie. And this one... This one's a really good one. It's uh, Michael B. Jordan, who you might know from Creed. You might know him from Friday Night Lights. You might know him from any number of things. He was Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four movie that just came out, the Josh Trank one. This guy, this guy's a dynamite actor, and he really does a service to this character, Killmonger. Marvel has, they have kind of a villain problem. Their, their strength isn't in the dudes that they fight. I think their strength is probably in their comedy, but um, that's... That's neither here nor there, but uh, this guy Killmonger is a really good villain in that he has a very clear, very believable motivation for what he's doing. In a lot of ways, you might leave the movie going, I don't know if he was really the villain necessarily. He may he may have been right about some things, which is a very, very good thing to see in a villain. A villain's not like a guy who's like, I'm just evil. I do evil for the sake of eagle, evil. People do what they think is right, and it makes sense, seems like the right thing, you know, that's, that's what makes a good villain, and he, he definitely has that, and, you know, he also has terrific acting, and this movie was well acted on all fronts, I think that the, I think that the breakaway character in this is the Black Panther's younger sister, she is, she's like the one who does the tech, you know, she makes the Black Panther suit, she makes all these, all these awesome things, I don't want to spoil any of these awesome things that you're gonna see, but in the movie, you get the idea that she is a genius on par with Tony Stark's, she might even, she might even surpass Tony Stark's, as far as likability, she definitely surpasses good old Tony Stark's, she's like the shining light of the whole thing, um, Forrest Whitaker is in it, good old, good old Saw Guerrera, We'll know the truth. Is, um, he is T'Challa's uncle. One thing that is kind of wild that I discovered about, um, Forrest Whitaker in the movie was that they used, uh, digital trickery, CGI, to work on his, on his, I don't know what you would call it, his, his eye, his lazy eye, I don't know what it is. He has, he has some sort of an injury to one eye, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they used, uh, you know, camera tricks to make his eye be the duplicate of his other eye. I thought that was, I thought that was very strange because, I don't know, his, his eye is one of his trademarks, isn't it? Isn't it one of Forrest Whitaker's, Whitaker's trademarks? Anyway, they did that. I thought that was weird. Um, I don't know what else I can say about the movie except, uh, that it, it plays really short. There's more that I can say. There's a lot more that I can say about the movie, but I don't know, I don't know how much more I can say without, Without giving anything away, I want you guys, when you see it, I know you're all going to see it. Everybody's seen it. The movie's had one of the, I think it was, at this point, the fifth biggest opening weekend in history. That's, that's so dope. Um, and, 
you're going to see it. Everyone's going to see it. Everybody has probably already seen it. But uh, if you haven't, I want you to go in as as freshly as you can. I imagine that Carlos over at GeekFest Rants is going to have a more in-depth review coming up pretty soon. He he sees all these movies too, dude. And he goes, he goes deep into it. So... If you've seen it and you want to, you want to know all the deets, wait for, wait for the latest GeekFest rants. I, I kind of like, I just try to tell you whether I liked it or not without, without ruining anything for those who haven't seen it. I, I go the more, um, Siskel and Ebert tip, you know, they, they would give it the thumbs up, the thumbs down. I give it, I give it mics, but you know, get the idea, dude. So the movie is one hour and 35 minutes long and I thought that, I thought it played really short, to be honest with you. When they get to the battle at the end, I was, I was like, "Whoa, we're here already!" And that's a that's a testament, man, because I am never in love with the third act of a Marvel movie, as you guys, as you guys all know. And I can't say that this third act was that different. You know, they have a big fight at the end, but it was good, and I I had a good time. So. On the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to give the Black Panther four mics. Four mics. Tonight's program has been brought to you by... Richer, stronger Hills Brothers Coffee. And new Instant Hills Brothers Coffee. The first instant coffee that smells like coffee. And Kellogg's Sugar Frosted Flakes. Kellogg's Special K for bodybuilding proteins. And Kellogg's Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, and pop. This week I see robots took a short trip down the road, all the way to Concord, California for the Eastbay Comic Con. Yo, I see robots. Show them what you got. I don't think I got a lot. I think I got something, but it's not a lot. I, I went to a con this past weekend and I think I might be I think I might be coming down with a with a bit of a cold. I'm not sure. I might just I might just be tired. It's hard to say sometimes. It's without somebody else here to like take your temperature, it's it's hard to say, and there there aren't any other human beings up here on the Jupiter Moon base who can who can take my take my temp to see see how I'm doing. But I'm hanging in there. Don't even worry about it. I I, I never fail to come down with something when I go to when I go to a Comic Con because these things are super fun and super great. It's awesome to be around to be around your own own people. But at the same time, it's like man. You are just breathing other people's germs in. They're just like jam-packed, jam-packed with fools who are all breathing the same air, all touching the same stuff. And if there's like one dude there who's sick, I feel like everybody's going to get sick in your boy. Your boy may have a bit of a cold, but don't worry, man. I'll kick it in a day or two. I'll, I'll no-sell it and I'll just, I'll just persevere. So this past Sunday, me... The wife, 2.0, and her gal pal all went down to the East Bay Comic Con, which is in Concord, California. Concord is maybe like an hour and 20 minutes away from Santa Rosa. You go you go through Vallejo, you go past Six Flags, and there you have it. You're in Concord. Concord is, it's a nice town. It's cool, man. There's nothing against Concord. I don't, I don't know what's in there. 
except for the East Bay Comic Con. The only only times I've ever been there have been to, for this con. I've gone twice. I've gone twice now. I think I went four or five years ago. If I remember correctly, it was at a different location than this time, but I am not sure. It was it was at a hotel. This was a either a large small con or a small medium con. Depending on how you look at it, there were two vendor rooms and a room for panels and a big a big space in the middle where people were just like milling around doing this, doing that, you know. You know how like cosplay dudes do. They were just like walking around having a good time and it was all good, man. I had a good time. Let's uh let's start at the beginning the beginning of the tale. I first I first heard about this con, the this particular year's con a couple months back, but but I failed to put it on the calendar. That's how that's how you get things done, dudes. You get a calendar and you write down the dates of like future events that you want to go to. So when you flip it over and you see the new month, you know that's what you're going to be doing on those days. These things of like, you know, not writing it down, just kind of playing it by the seat of your pants. That doesn't work, man. You will get you will get nothing done. But I failed to put the con on the calendar. And then it kind of popped up on my Facebook feed that, hey, that con that you had mentioned you may be interested in is actually coming up this weekend. But there was going to be like a huge flea market over at the Vets building. I get the I get the weekly flea market updates. And they were telling me that there was going to be like 130 vendor seats or spots rather already already rented. And we also made plans to go over and have dinner at my uncle's house that night at five. And I, I totally wanted to go to the con, but it was, it was a question of whether or not we could go to the flea market, go through the flea market, give it the time it deserves to see everything that's there. The day that you don't go is the day that the thing you've been looking for your whole life is going to be there. That's how it works. So you got to go. And the question was whether we can go through there, give it the time it deserves to find that thing that we're looking for, and then still get in the car, drive to Concord, give the con the time it deserves, and then come back in time to go over to my uncle's house. I I also wanted, like, a gap. I have a hard time doing, like, a million billion things in the same day. I, I get drained, man. I get drained being out in the public. It's not, like, the energy output that drains me necessarily. It's kind of just being around people to a large degree really, really, uh, I don't know, man. It kind of drains me. So I wanted to come home and have a bit of time to chill before we went to the uncle. So it meant we're gonna want to be back around, like... Around like four. And that was, that was pushing it tight. So when we woke up that morning, I was like, I was stressed out a bit. I, I tend to stress out about time. It's a, it's a weakness of mine. I do admit I, I stress out about having enough hours in the day to do all the things I want to do. And I was, I was kind of like, I don't know, pitching a fit as I am known to do. But the wife was useful and she pulled it all together. And she's like, look, we'll just, you know, we'll dip through the flea market. We'll go to the con and then we'll come back. She has this way of like talking to me in like this soothing voice that gets me to do things. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. So we hopped in, hopped in the, uh, in the car and we first went to the flea market and I will admit we didn't give the flea market the time it deserved because we were, we were kind of pressed for time, you know, but we did manage to see everything and we managed to talk to my, my brother-in-law who sells down there and we had a good time. I was able to find like 
four or five Wizard Magazine back issues. I love Wizard Magazine. I wish that, I wish it was still around. I love it the most. It was like my favorite magazine of all the time. And I'm always like reading and destroying my back issues. So I'm in this constant process of buying new ones all the time to just, just keep the cycle going. And I was able to find a few, um, a few Wizard Magazines and a couple other weird things. So it wasn't like it was like a giant waste of time, but I don't know, man, if I, if it would have had more time to spend, I would have I would have been more successful. But we did it, and then we hopped in the car, and we dipped all the way to Concord, and made it in time to, uh, you know, not miss any of the fun panels that were going to be there that day. The main person that we wanted to see, well, the main person that I wanted to see at the con was Marta Kristen, who you might know as Judy Robinson from Lost in Space. I am... I am a giant Lost in Space mark. They used to play this back on USA, back in the day of, like, the USA Cartoon Express. And I would, like, I would watch the show just about, just about every day. I was, I was so into it. It's one of my favorite shows of all the times. I haven't seen it in many years. I'm not really, like, I'm not really, like, the type to go and watch things on watch things on DVD. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. If I, if I have like, you know, some episodes saved in the DVR, I'll watch it. But I, I don't so much go out and go out and search for things. If they're, if they're there, I'll, I'll check them out. And Lost in Space hasn't been there for a long time. So I, I don't see it as much as I would like to, but I was super jazzed to go to Concord to check out Marta, Marta Kristen, who was, you know, Judy Robinson, the daughter of the space family Robinson. Man, I, I just, um, I am so in love with Lost in Space. I think that this is maybe the show that started my lifelong love of sci-fi. It might be Star Trek, but I think that I was actually into Lost in Space before I was into Star Trek. I, I've always loved Star Trek. I've always been a fan, but there was, you know, a, like, wholesome family vibe that I really dug about that I dug about Lost in Space over, over Star Trek. Star Trek's cool, man. Star Trek is, like, my favorite thing in the entire world, but the first thing that I loved heavily was, was Lost in Space. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, USA would play two episodes a day, and I would, I would watch them both. Can't get back to it. In your house, you have a space tracking system. It's called your TV set. Right. Use it to follow the adventures of Lost in Space on USA. Today at 10, 9 Central. I never really thought about seeing a Lost in Space panel. It wasn't something that it really occurred to me. Usually the panels I go to are like comic book writers and things like that. So when I saw her name pop up on the con list, I'm like, that's going to be great. And I couldn't wait to go. I couldn't wait to go see it. I'll... I'll get to that in a minute. I'm, I'll talk about the about the celebs, the celebs and such that I saw after um after I talk about just like the general vibe of the show. The show, um, like I said, was in a hotel, right? It was in a hotel, so the main the main crux of the show was in like the courtyard of of the building. It was. It was, like, made up to be, like, outside, but it was inside. It had, like, stones and a pond, and there were, like, fake trees and stuff. It was cool. It sounds like it's silly, but it was, in fact, cool. And the main area was where, like, the cosplay dudes and all the people like that. I, myself, I don't cosplay. I definitely, I definitely have respect for the art of making these really dope costumes. I think it's cool, man. And I respect people who can put themselves out there like that. Like, I respect somebody who can wear a skin-tight Wolverine suit and go out there and put himself, you know, right in front of everybody. It's great. I wish, I wish I had that self-confidence. I, I really dig, I really dig seeing it. There were, 
There are like a ton of Deadpools. There are always, always tons of Deadpools. And there are always like variants on Deadpool. I'll tell you, man, I never saw the success of Deadpool that he is having nowadays. I... I was, like, into comics and stuff when he first appeared, and people took to him, and people liked him, and I could see that he would be, like, like an inside popular character, like a Lobo. Lobo who's actually in talks to a star in a movie, the DC's Lobo. You know, he might star in a Michael Bay pick, so, so who knows? But it seemed as if he would be, like, an inside character, you know, like a Lobo, like a Guy Gardner, like somebody like that that people dug, but... Dude, he took off so big. He's like, I swear, he's the biggest character nowadays when you go out and you see cosplays. I saw like a, uh, I saw a Golden State Warriors. I saw a Steve Curry Deadpool. I saw a, I saw a Sherlock Holmes Deadpool. I saw a, I saw, I think it was a Han Solo Deadpool. He had like the pants with the red stripe and the vest. I think it was. I'm not certain. I didn't get a... I didn't get close enough to investigate the, there were two cosplays I saw that really stood out to me, and I'll go from number two to number one. I saw a, I saw a sexy Velma from Scooby-Doo that just, that just blew my mind. I like Scooby-Doo, I dig it, I used to love it when I was a kid, I don't, I don't have the fandom anymore, I don't watch the, you know, the new movies or anything, but Dude, you know, you were always led to believe that Daphne was, you know, the sex pot of the show. And hey, there's, you know, nothing wrong with Daphne. But when you see, when you see a Velma in real life, it's like, zoinks, dude. Jinkies. Um, so I saw, I saw sexy Velma. You stop that. And, uh, the, the single best cosplay I saw the entirety of the day was... Are you getting ready for this? It was Mr. Sensational Gino Vega's personal favorite wrestler, the big dog, Roman Reigns. Yep, there was a dude there dressed as WWE superstar, the big dog, Roman Reigns. When he was there, it turned it turned the whole con into his yard, if If you catch my drift, the big dog, Roman Reigns, was there. And there was a dude with him who I think was supposed to be Dean Ambrose. I think it was supposed to be like a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, but it could have just been like a dude in a bulletproof vest. I don't know. I know that you guys don't like a lot of wrestling talk, but I've always thought that it was weird that they allow Roman Reigns to go out there and compete in a bulletproof vest, as well as as well as his uh, sometimes on-again, off-again pal, Dean Ambrose. I mean, it's cool, man. If they would let me wear one, I would do it. But back in the day when D'Lo Brown did it, it was controversial. But nowadays, it's just like, you know, the McMahon favorite, Roman Reigns is allowed to do it like it, like it ain't no thing. But um, back to the con, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. If you get a chance to go to these kind of like small-time cons, always take it because... A day spent out there looking at, um, looking at toys and looking at people in superhero costumes is always, always a day well spent. So we've gone over the atmosphere, we've gone over, we've gone over some of the cosplays, we've gone over the big dog, Roman Reigns. What else is there? I wanna, I wanna get some other things before I talk about the, uh, about the panel. Let's talk about the vendor room. There were two vendor rooms. At first I can only... I could only find one, and it was, it was cool, man. I wasn't able to get that many pictures, though, unfortunately, and the ones I did didn't come out that great, because for whatever reason, the conference room that it went in, was in, had really dim lighting, so my pictures, they didn't come out like I, like I wanted to, but there were, like, 
There were like a few comic book vendors with like cool old stuff that I, I got to dig through. There was one guy who had like six or seven different co- copies of the of the first appearance of Harley Quinn, the one in the the one in the Batman Adventures, which is you know considered like the real first one. Some people think it's Mad Love, but it's not. It's the it's the Batman Adventures one. But some dude had a grip of those. I was. I was standing there, like, admiring his wall of first appearances, and this guy comes up, and I don't know what comic he was talking about, but, like, this angry dude in a super tight shirt and a hat comes up, and he goes, hey, that book you got for 500 I can get that all day for 300 anywhere, so I don't know why you think anyone's gonna, gonna buy from you when your prices are so high and real prices are so low. You're a jerk. And I'm standing there going... This is wild. And the guy goes, well, you know, this one's in really great condition. It's a 9 or a 10. It does it does sell sometimes for as high as 500. And he goes, you don't know nothing. And he walks away. And I could see the dude was like, he was affected by this guy popping off at him. He he got his feelings hurt. I could see it in his face. That's something you got to think about. Like, I don't try to pop off to dudes in public because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Sure, I get my anger out and maybe they do deserve it. But when people get yelled at, man, it hurts their feelings. And it's never, it's never a good idea to intentionally hurt the feelings of another man. That just, that just brings bad vibes out there. And I could see the dude was... I could see he was a bit down, so I decided I was gonna I was gonna try to crack a joke, and I said, "Man, he really told you." I said it in like almost that exact voice. I was trying to I was trying to be like over the top sarcastic, but the guy looked at me, and I I think that I I think that I hurt him too. He looked like now this guy's on me, and I'm like, "Dude, dude, I'm kidding, I'm kidding." And I don't know I don't know if he accepted that or not. I tried I tried to lighten up the situation, but. It may have only made it more heavy, so you can blame that one on me if you're listening to the guy. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, so there were a ton of, like, boot Legos, bootleg Legos. I I think these are neat. I've only bought a couple. I bought 2.0, a Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog in the past. She's like a Sonic the Hedgehog maniac. I bought, I bought that for her, and I bought, I bought a Batgirl one time on eBay. I got it for, like, three cents. I'm not even kidding you. It was, like, three cents with 90 cents shipping, so that was a good deal, but these are like all the rage if you go to flea markets or you go to cons. And I'm cool with it, man. They they make Lego figures of all the properties that Lego doesn't get to. I saw Star Wars ones. I saw G.I. Joe ones that were, they were different than the Creos, the G.I. Creos that came out a few years. I saw G.I. Joe ones. I saw Star Wars ones. I saw some Planet of the Apes. I saw a dude who had a bunch of Godzillas. I saw Luchadors. There was Mil Mascaris and Atlantis. It was, it's cool, man. I dig it. I'm not really gonna, like, be into the market for them all too often, but, but I dig it. There were lots of just, like, random toys. Marvel Legends. The, the dudes from our local antique toy shop, the Batcave, were there. Dude had some box Star Wars stuff that was neat. There were, there were t-shirts. The wife picked up a Star Labs t-shirt that she's wanted for a while. Uh, There were a lot of vendors with like $5 graphic novels. That's my jam. $5 graphic novels. There's always people there with graphic novels that maybe, you know, like five, six, seven years or older for five bucks. And I always go home with at least like five or six books. And I did this time too. I got a couple Powers books. I got an Avengers book, the Korvac Saga. I got a G.I. Joe. I got a got an Ed Brubaker Avengers one that I'm not familiar with. The the Avengers Project? Something like that. I'm looking forward to reading that. I got all this all this fun stuff and I don't know. It was cool. That was only the one vendor room and I didn't 
I didn't find the other one till later. We went to uh, the panel, the Lost in Space panel, and then after that, when he came out, 2.0 was like, ooh, I found the I found the other vendor room, but it's mostly weeb stuff, you know, weeboos, like, white kids who like uh, Japanese stuff, so she's like, there's a weeb room over here, so she went through the weeb room, and she's a bit of a weeb, and she got, she got some plush, and she got some stuff, her and, her and her gal pal got a couple plushies, and I don't know, man, they, they still sleep with stuffed animals, despite being, like, practically seniors in high school, but, uh, hey, that's cool, man, you know, wholesome stuff, uh, wholesome stuff warms my heart. All right, so now let's uh, let's talk about the Marta Kristen panel. Marta Kristen was Judy Robinson on Lost in Space. I I talked about my admiration for Lost in Space earlier. We we got to the panel late. We were just we were just running behind, and I kind of opened the door a bit, and I wanted to see if it would be okay to like run in after they've already started. I I sort of peeked in, and Marta Kristen saw me and said, "Come on in, come on in." So. Me and the wife ran in and we got like up into the upper corner. All the, all the seats were taken. This was in like a, it was like a stadium seating, small hotel conference room. She was down at the bottom. We were up at the top and man, the room was hot for whatever reason. They didn't have the air conditioning on at the time. And I was, uh, I was straight dying, dude. Your boy wilts in the heat. I don't mind it that much. You know, I live in California, but like extreme heat and stuff. I don't. I don't have the strength to go to the length, as it were. So I was struggling right from the start, but Marta Kristen was super duper nice. She answered a lot of like basic questions, you know, the the run of the mill stuff, like what was this guy like? What was that guy like? And everybody was nice. You know, she was, she was a nice person. She didn't slag anybody at all. She did, she did tell one story, though, that I thought was interesting. Somebody said, Marta, you were born, you were born in Finland? And she goes, I was. He goes, how, how did you come to be in the United States? And she goes, well, that was an interesting story. She says, as, as many of you know, Finland was involved in World War II, and I was born around that time. My, my mother fell in love with a German pilot, and, and they had me, but... After the war, there was, there was a stigma on German babies, so they had to, they had to smuggle me out of the country where I was adopted by, by a nice family in San Francisco, and they, they raised me as their own, but as you can imagine, there was, there was a stigma against German babies here in America, so I faced, uh, I faced a lot of bullying and such. I can imagine, dude, Finland was... Finland was on the side of the Axis during the war, and well, the uh, she says German, but what she what she means is Nazi. Her father was a Nazi pilot. And look, man, I don't hold that against her. You have no you have no say in where you're born. You have no say in who your parents were. It's all it's all just you know a matter of chance. I. I'm just saying this to illustrate that, man, she was born, she was born with a heavy handicap against her. The war was over and people could not have been too positive about the, about the Germans after, after World War II here in the United States. So, man, she was, she was facing an uphill battle right from the jump. And I, I hope that, uh, I hope it wasn't too hard on her. She seemed like, she seemed like a nice lady. I don't think that, I don't think that she said anything during the panel that was like real groundbreaking stuff. Just, you know, people were asking her about this and that and how was this guy and 
what was it like doing this? And she was super positive. Everything was great. Everyone was nice. It was all good in the hood. And I can, I can definitely appreciate that. I, I started to wilt like super heavy during the panel. Like I, I was telling the wife, I'm like, I got to get out of here, but I don't want to be rude. It was so hot. I felt like you could see steam coming off, coming off my hands. And for some reason, I neglected to leave my jacket in the car. It was cold when we left, hot by the time we got to Conquer. And I, I was wearing my coat and I was just like, I was getting wilty. And fortunately, she she stopped just in time and and I made it. I made it alive. But I was, I was 100% faded. We hadn't eaten since breakfast. And I, I need to keep, I need to keep my blood sugar up, dudes. I was, I was starting to fade. But fortunately, the wife, the wife saw some Girl Scouts selling cookies. And she bought, she bought some Samoas. And I had to, I had to sadly, I had to sadly break my sugar embargo. But it was, it was an emergency. I was dying. So I, I ate a couple Samoas and I, I snapped back into it and, I had a great time with the con. Dude, this was, this was a really good time. I enjoyed Concord Con. I enjoyed it the times that I've gone before. It's put on by the dudes who put on SAC Con and SAC Anime. They, they put on a nice show. Really well-run event. And they give you, they give you lanyards, which I like. I like having a lanyard as a, as a souvenir from an event. I have like, um, I have a board, you know, where you hang keys with like little, uh, little pegs. And I, I hang the lanyards on the pegs. It's fun to see, fun to see them from all the shows that you've been to. It's nice, nice souvenirs. So, there you have it, dude. Concord Con 2018 was dope. I had a great time. Let's move on to the final segment of the show. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. That was weird. Kind of a uh, blast from the past because as you all know, this segment is called the uh, Popcast something, something, something or another. I always forget what it's called, but that is, that's what it used to be called. I don't know, man. Cool to hear. Cool to hear that blast from the past. Let's start off with something a bit fun. We got a we got a couple new iTunes reviews, and if you guys, if you guys want to go out there and leave the show a uh, review on iTunes, I would, I would appreciate it most, uh, the most, because this is how you get noticed and whatever. This helps you, this helps you a lot, and, uh, if you, you know, just give me one, it doesn't cost anything, only takes a sec, I'll, um, I'll read it on the air here. Let's see, we got, we got two this week, that's cool, man, so, let's take a look at, uh, uh at what's going on, the... The first one is Toys and Us. It's a five-star review, and it said, If it wasn't for the fact that I'm in love with Icy Robots, I would still write a beautiful review. He spelled spelled beautiful wrong. He is witty, adorable, says, Dude, way too much. It smells wonderful. I wonder how, wonder how that is known. I listen to his shows with glee and admiration, and I love every second. Listen and love. Oh, this is from Zerb. This is from Zerbinator. That guy... That guy's a questionable character to say the least, but uh I definitely appreciate you leaving that review, uh, Mr. Mr. Zerbinator. It was quite nice of you. And then here's another one that said, one reason Wednesdays are good now. They weren't before, 
Now they are, so appreciate that. It's, uh, it's another five-star review. Clever and affable host. Excellent production values. A lot of thought and heart goes into every episode. I'm not into toys, wrestling, or movies, but I tune in every week because Icy Robots is always a good listen. That's nice. Oh, that is from the, uh, from the Sausage Terrian, who is, who's my good friend Sarah, Sarah Burr. I, I used to work with her back in the day. So that is, that's two reviews from two people I know. Sarah and I used to work together, and she helped to make a lot of, uh, a lot of long, boring days, a lot more fun. She's a great gal. She moved to um, Marietta, Ohio. We haven't seen each other in a while, but we still, we still email. I am not good about emailing back. I, I apologize for that. Um, she deserves better. She deserves a better friend. But man, I spend so much time doing this that um, it's just, it's hard to get a note out if you um, if you catch my drift. But uh, Sarah's a great gal. I miss her a lot. She's a, a dear, dear friend. I, I think about her all the time. She actually sent a postcard to my wife recently. She she heard that my wife was getting into the uh, Barbie collecting racket, so she sent her a. Uh, she sent her a postcard of some Barbie things she used to have. It was very sweet, and the wife appreciated it a lot. I don't know if she's responded. She said she was going to, but I, I don't think she has. She's also, also not good about that. But the old wife is busy, man. It's a, it's a busy life having a teenager, you know. And this is how it is, you know. But um, Sarah, that was awesome of you, and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. If any of you guys want to go out there and leave us an iTunes review, I'll totally read it on the air. This is. A super helpful way to help the show to become the success that we all know it should be. So, let's see. I was going to talk some toys. That's why I left the original uh, Toys R Us report segment intro in there. I got I got some stuff. I got some. St- I got Star Wars stuff. I've been buying so much Star Wars stuff. I don't know what's uh what's up with me. I got a Rogue One box set at Concord Con or. It should be called Conquer Con, but it's called the East Bay Comic Con. It's in Conquered, but um, at any rate, I got this at the East Bay Comic Con. It's a three-pack of Rogue One characters. It has um, Jen Erso and Cassian Andor in their Edu outfits. That's when they that's when they went to go pull a hit on Jen's dad over on um that uh cold planet. They're wearing like winter gear. I already have this Jen Erso, and this isn't really the Cassian Andor that I like because he has kind of like he has like that Han Solo Hoth outfit, but um, the reason that I wanted to get this is because it has K2SO, the droid in it, the the uh, reformed Empire droid who you know he provided kind of comic relief in this in this very dark film. I'm K2SO. I'm a reprogrammed Imperial droid. I remember you. I wanted him, and the whole thing was only seven bucks. Um, K2SO cost seven bucks by himself, so I thought it was cool, and I. You know, I'll put Cassian Andor out. He's dope. Nothing wrong with him. It's not the outfit I wanted, though. I want his... I want his outfit where he's wearing, like, that coat. And he's, you know, just more like... More like him normal... His normal self, rather. I I like it, though. I got it, you know... Got it at a good price. I haven't opened it up yet. But I am going to uh, do so soon. And let's see. What else did I get? I got... I got a... um, I got a couple dolls, to be... To be perfectly honest with you. But... They are Star Wars dolls. I got a Jin Erso, and I got Ray Star Wars Forces of Destiny dolls. The wife, the wife bought these for me. She saw them on clearance over at Target, and she picked them up. But they are, uh, they're kind of like Barbie dolls in a way. They have, you know, 
glamorous faces and uh, rooted hair like a Barbie, and Jen Urso has a vest and stuff. Ray has Ray has a bunch of clothes. So far, I've only opened up the Jen Urso, and I gotta admit, I I kind of like her. She has a holster. Her boots come off. She has a gun that goes in the holster. She has a vest, and she has that that like scarf with a hood that she wears when she's, um, you know, trying to be, like, on the down low. This is, this is, you know, Felicity Jones from Rogue One. She doesn't, she doesn't look a lot like Felicity Jones. She has a, uh, a very glamorous face, and that's not to say that Felicity Jones isn't, um, isn't glamorous, because she definitely is, but she doesn't, she doesn't look like this. The, the Ray is cool. She comes with a BB-8. This is, this is the Ray at the end of the film, when she goes off to that, uh, at the end of Force Awakens, when she goes off to, off to find Luke Skywalker, where, you know, she has, like, the same kind of clothes that she was wearing when she was on Jakku, but now it's, like, more of a tailored outfit, you know, and she has, like, um, the same hairdo and everything. She has, she has an accessory. Let's see what it is. I'm gonna grab it. I have it up here with me. It's, um, I hope you can still hear me. I kind of think you can. I got it over here. I should have had it with me, and I... I apologize. I'm coming. I'm coming back down. She has a she has the blaster that Han Solo gave her, and it looks like a nice replica of that said blaster. You know how to use one of those? Yeah, you pull the trigger. A little bit more to it than that. You got a lot to learn. And then she has a lightsaber, not the um, not the staff. So this is probably actually um, a last Jedi. Jen Urso, and she's all, she's all dipped out like a Jedi. Yes, I would say this is the last Jedi one of her. I, I like it, man. I haven't opened it yet, and I, a long time ago, gave up on the idea that boys don't play with dolls. As a kid, you know, it has to be like an action figure. It has to be like four, five, six inches, or else, or else, you know, you're becoming a, a bit of a wuss playing with dolls. But man, once you start learning, like, you know, your toy history, you start thinking of, like, Migos and old school G.I. Joes and stuff, and you realize dolls are just big action figures, and in a sense, dolls can have better accessories because they don't have to be made, like, super small. They can be a bit bigger. They can have uh, better details. I, I don't know, man. I like this. It was a very, very thoughtful gift from the wife, but, man... I have been going bananas with Star Wars stuff lately. I, I don't know. It's like I'm in love with Star Wars all over again. And that's cool, man, because these were only $10. These two dolls were $10 each. That is, that is fantastic. They also make a Sabine, a Sabine from Star Wars Rebel the Gal in the, um, in the pink Mandalorian armor. I might go grab her too. I think, uh, I think I might. It looks like her helmet comes on and off and that would... That would be fun. Also, they make a Princess Leia that I saw, um, it from, it is from, rather, Return of the Jedi. She is from Return of the Jedi, let's say. Let's, let's just be all the way polite to that. It's the Return of the Jedi one, which is wearing, like, the green parka and all that stuff. And she comes with an Ewok. I wish that there was a, I wish that there was a more, like, Star Wars the first movie. Let's. Let's see if there is. Away from the microphone, I am... Oh, they do actually make one. It is a Princess Leia Organa, and she comes with R2-Z2. It looks like... It looks like that one... That one is available at the Disney Store? Is that a Disney exclusive? 
The indoor one here online is $34.99. I know it is actually quite a bit less. Um, that's off, that's off Hasbro.com. That's probably going to be like your most expensivest, um, way to get it. Let's see. Yeah, they do make a Princess Leia. She comes with an R2-D2 and, um, it looks like she's in her Hoth gear. Very, very good choice. I am definitely going to cop that. If not, if not just for the little R2-D2. It looks like they also make a Chewbacca and a Luke Skywalker as well as Kylo Ren. I would get, I would get Kylo Ren, I think. Um, there's something cool about that guy. He's, He's a funny emo, uh, Sith. Or is he Sith? No, he's a Ren. He's Knight of Ren. I don't know. Who cares? He's, he's a good character, and I, I enjoy him a lot. Did I get anything else? I got those comics. I told you about those comics. I got these figures. I told you about these figures. Oh, I was, I was watching a movie on TV, and it's a movie I've seen, like, a million times, but something, um, really stood out to me that, that I wanted to share. I want this to, um, I want this to become the philosophy of the show. This is, this is how we're going from this point forward. If you, if you learn nothing else, and I'm going to assume that you will learn nothing else, at least you can learn this. The movie was a movie known as Semi-Pro. It's a basketball, a basketball movie with Will Ferrell. It's set in the 70s. It's like the old American Basketball Association, the ABA, which was like a, a funkier cousin to the, to the NBA. And, while they are having a team meeting introducing a new player, Will Ferrell, um, he points out, he points out the team's, the team's philosophy, which is now our philosophy on, on the show. Let's, let's give it a listen. E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. E-L-E, dudes. Everybody love everybody. It's right up there on the wall. I got a sign. I got a sign right here on the moon base. It says, everybody love everybody. It's really, it's really that simple. It sounds like it might be hard. And when I say love, I don't mean like romantic love. Don't be like, don't be like trying to smush up on every, every chick you see thinking that's what I mean. Because it's definitely not, definitely not where I'm coming from. I'm meaning just... When you see somebody else, consider that they are just as alive as you are. Consider that everybody is in the same condition that you are. You're alive. You want to have a good day. You want to go through. You want to do whatever. Assume that they are doing the same and that they want the same and treat them like how you would want to be treated yourself. It's the it's the good old golden rule. But let's let's take it up a notch. Let's actually try to be a bit more considerate and a bit nicer and a bit more just a bit more everything than we are being right now. Everybody love everybody. It's right. It's right up there on the sign. If you learn anything today, I hope that's what it is. I am trying to, I'm trying to live with this philosophy in my heart. And it's, uh, it's really improved my, my general outlook. If you just look out there with, uh, with the feeling of love for all your, all your fellow men, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna perk up your mood. It's difficult. Some people, some people, you know, they, uh, they make it a bit hard to show that love, but that just means you got to try a little bit harder. So there you have it, man. Make sure, make sure if you got a couple extra bucks, hit us up on Patreon. It's at supportthereport.com. All the funds that go for paying for, you know, the hosting and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's our Patreon. And I give back, dude, there are a bunch of shows over there that are only available there. There, there's a uh, real wisdom. There is icy robots radio, my old hip hop mixtape show. Those are, 
those are a hoot and a half, dude. Support the report.com. We have a we have a Redbubble store. You can find that. Go to um icrobots.com. I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S dot com. You can go there. You can see all the stickers. We got shirts. We got we got all kinds of cool stuff. Also the Super VHS tape is for sale. That's great. It's a two-hour mixtape of stuff that I stuff that I grabbed off other old weird videotapes, station bumpers, commercials, bits from shows. It's fun. You can get that for a $9.99 PayPal shipped. That's cool. Hit me up on uh, Twitter if you're interested in that. That is at IC Robots or on Facebook, facebook.com backslash IC Robots. If you're not already a member over there, that seems to be, like, the main hub where all the cool stuff goes down. So, hop on over there, join that. Next week, next week we're going to be away from the Jupiter moon base. So, we are going to have a, we're going to have a pre-recorded episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. I, I really enjoy that show. It's going to be... This one's going out to good friend of the show, Eric Purcell. Eric Purcell is on the road. He's a long-distance trucker dude. He's like he's like um, Chris Christopherson in Convoy. You know, he's bringing in stuff that we need. This one goes at the hand. We're going to learn about... We're going to learn about Razorback. Razorback is... He's a long-distance space trucker in the Marvel Universe. It's a lot of fun. I definitely feel like... I definitely feel like you guys are going to... You're going to enjoy this. So tune in next Wednesday for that. But then... The week after that, we'll be back with it was something fun. We're going to take a look at Generation 1 of G.I. Joe. This is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but I finally got I finally got my references order. I hope to go through over over the next few months like G1, G2, G3, and if it's fun, you know, we'll keep it going. I love I love G.I. Joe and G1 was my favorite, that's where you get your first look at Scarlet, Snake Eyes, you know, Grunt. All these cool characters started off at the very beginning. I think that was, I think that was 1982. So we're going to take, we're going to take a good long look at that. And that'll be, that'll be cool. So until then, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for Engineer Emily, The Incident Pod B, Iceberg 13, and everybody else who helps to bring this show to us each and every week. When I say us, I mean you. So, until next time, guys, if you don't know, now you know. This has been I See Robots Radio Projection. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Hey, I got a ring up here too. Mine says love. Think about that. Everybody love everybody!